Hi, and welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. I was talking to an old friend, but he's been my friend for a long time. He's, he's when I say old, he's, he's, he's just a little older than me. Um, I was talking to an old friend on uh, Friday, and uh, somebody who I went to, uh, to Bible school with and had, uh, had talk, hadn't talked to him in a really long time. Had not, uh, had not been in contact, not because we had a falling out, but you know, just sometimes you, know, you have people who, uh, who just kind of are on the, on the outsides of, of your, your daily life and they can kind of you know, drift away. You know what I'm talking about? And this guy, he was, uh, he was a, a preacher and music minister, really powerful influence in my life. And we just kind of began to talk about the past, talk about things that we have seen God do because, you know, God has done the miraculous in my life. I have seen him do miracles. I've seen him do powerful things. And sometimes it's good that we remember those things and we recall and that we superimpose the God that we know who was strong enough to, uh, to make the difference in those situations into our current situation. That, that'd make a difference, wouldn't it? I began to talk to him and... Uh, and I recall we had been asked to minister, and I got to preach at a youth conference in New York. And uh, I was actually not the keynote speaker. Um, you know, I preached like kind of a vesper service that was beforehand, and God got into the middle of that service. And I mean, I, I st- I've never seen anything like it before or since, really. Just, uh, just the, the, the work that the Holy Spirit did in our midst and those young people's lives, you know, young people from all over the country, just uh, God ministered, began to fill them with the Holy Spirit, began to call people into ministry, um, you know, change their lives and their eternal destinies. And he did amazing things in that service. And I just was recalling that, you know, and then you know, I had begun to preach, and then it just kind of went from there. For hours and hours, the Holy Spirit moved across the place, and it was amazing. You ever been in a service like that? Amen. And he said, uh, and I said, yeah. I, I was like, I, 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 it kind of surprised me. You know, I wasn't really expecting that. And he, he reminded me of something as we just reminisced over the things of God and, you know, in our past. And he said, it didn't shock me because I knew that you'd been fasting because it wasn't good preaching that did it, and it never will be. It, it wasn't just having the music just right that will cause a move of God to come forth. It, it's, it's really, it's not how beautiful the facility is. It's not how many, sure ain't how many people are in the place. It is not, and it never will be anything about that. It'll be about the Holy Spirit moving unhindered. It'll be about a people who get just hungry enough and just sick and tired enough of the enemy wreaking havoc in their lives and their families and their communities that will get on their knees, humble themselves before God, and sacrificially begin to seek God. When we really want, when we wanted enough to create that space for God to move in, I want to read this passage of scripture. You know what today is? It's Pentecost Sunday, Amen. And I do not ever preach from a calendar. I don't. I don't thematically follow. Like I might preach on on you know on a godly father on Mother's Day. I might do it, and I still may. We still, it's coming up. I might preach on a godly mother. I, I don't care if the Holy Spirit leads me. Then I'm going. That's where we're going. You know. But today, I actually felt a little bit of release to talk about, uh, you know, what it is today. It is Pentecost Sunday. 
And in Acts chapter 2, here's what the Word of God says. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord with one place, in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire, and one set on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men, men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together, and they were confused, because they'd heard them speak every man in his own language. And they were, they were all amazed and marveled, saying to each other, Look, are all these not that speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans, Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying one to another, whatever could this mean? Others said, they are full of new wine. They're drunk. They're out of their minds. They're high. That's what there is what the, 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 the attitude was. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all those who dwell in Jerusalem, let it, this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Here's what Joel said, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Praise God. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, so much for this experience that you have afforded us, Lord, for sending your Holy Spirit, not leaving us here to figure things out and struggle as best we may, but that you are here and your spirit is here. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. I want to preach a little bit about, uh, about the Holy Spirit, what happened on that day. The Holy Spirit, though, he came to work, not to play. Amen? Let me go a very different way. I'm not just, this is not just going to be a celebration of, uh, 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 I want to do a little bit of preaching about what the Holy Spirit's actually about, what he's actually up to. Amen? Because it, it's, you know, we, we, we love the, uh, we love the expression, we love, you know, to see things, we love to feel things, right? But, but he didn't come here to, uh, you know, to, to make you feel some kind of way. He came here to work. He came here to do the work of him who sent him. He came here uh, with anointing power to actually get into the game a little bit. Amen. He came here uh, to make a difference. He didn't come here for attention. The funny thing is that God knew that you know, people naturally, whenever we see and encounter the supernatural, we, we see it and uh, we put all our attention on the fact that it is supernatural rather than what the supernatural is actually supposed to be accomplishing in people's lives and hearts. You know what I mean? That makes sense. Um, sometimes people people have a natural tendency to be more impressed with the fact that God, you know, split the waters at the Red Sea, than getting their hides to the other side. 
You know what I mean? It's not, it's, he didn't do it just so that you'd be, oh, wow. He did it so he could get somewhere, right? Uh, the reason why uh, Jesus walked on water is he was walking somewhere. He was going to, he was doing, he was trying to accomplish. And it's very, very easy, um, you know, especially for people who have encountered God moving in miraculous ways. Now, we always are big on the stuff, all oh, the manna from heaven, but God's trying to fulfill some dietary needs here. You know, it's not just about the pomp and circumstance. It is about the work that God is doing that he sent his Holy Spirit to accomplish. Amen? I don't know where I read this. It was, it was some attitude you know, to it, but uh, it said, uh, you you may speak in tongues, but you lie in English. Amen. We don't want to get so caught up in our experience that we start to miss out the, the sanctifying work that he came to do. Yes, he came in power. He came in authority. And, and whenever you know the Holy Spirit begins to move, you'll know. You, you, things do happen. Things change, and it's beautiful, and it's amazing, and, and, and it is marvelous in our eyes. However, he came to work. He came here to work. I came here to work today. Amen. I, I'm so glad to see everybody. Derek, is that a new shirt? I like that shirt. Uh, glad to see everybody here today. I'm glad to see our visitors. So, Austin, I was so glad to see that baby. That made just my heart jump for joy. Just like I'm sure it did when you woke up this morning. You're like, whoa, I'm a dad. Right? I'm glad to see my people and my friends. My brother, is it Conway? Nailed it. I was glad to see you today. I'd heard the legends. But I didn't come here for all that. I came here to work. I came here to see God move. I came here to see deliverance begin to happen. I came to, to get in the middle of a move of God and to lose myself in his plan for this service, to lose myself in the word as it was preached, not here with an agenda of my own. I came here to see God, Brother Keith, move and have his way. I wanted to jump right in the middle of whatever he was doing and wherever he was going. I wanted to go with him. That's what I came here to do. I came to lose myself in worship, the word and the moving of the Holy Spirit because he came here to work. You know how I know this? Because that's literally what God calls him. He's the parakletos in Greek. Some of you, most of you know that. Some of you don't, don't know that. Maybe you don't remember that. Um, you know, uh, ben is working on his paramedic. Uh, you know, so are you in classes yet? Okay, so he's, he's in the fall. God help you. Amen. He's back to school with you. But he's going back because he's, he's not only a firefighter, he's going to be a paramedic as well. Um, you know, he's, he's pursuing that. And that, that's, you know, it comes from the same kind of a, a word, that, you know, root there. The, the, the paramedic is a medic who para comes beside and joins and helps, right? That's the meaning of the word. Um, so, the, you know, the, the medical doctor, he sits there in the, in the hopsicle and he waits for you to come to him for the most part. And then you, you roll up and then, you know, you, if you can see the doctor, you know, you may see the doctor now after waiting an hour and a half. That's what the doctor does or you know, the nurse a lot of times in a hospital. But the paramedic does something different. The paramedic gets in his vehicle, gets in the, you know, the fire truck, he gets into the ambulance and he begins to come to where you are in the middle of your situation. So thank God for 
doctors, but thank God for paramedics because not always when I need you the most can I get to where you are. And let me tell you, God sent the Holy Spirit because He knew that not always were we going to be able to get to where He is in the way. He needed somebody who was going to stick with you closer than a brother, somebody who could walk into your situation, into your discouragement. Sometimes you can't come forward to have Pastor Joe pray over you and encourage you with a word. Sometimes you need God to come right into the situation. Sister Angie, you've not been feeling good and I've been praying for you. But you know what? The Holy Spirit, even when you didn't feel well enough to come into church, I'm glad you're here today. But whenever you could not come, He could go to you right where you are and He loves you and He is for you, not against you. He loves you. He sent the Holy Spirit, the paracletos, the paramedic, right? That's Holy Spirit paramedic to go where you cannot get to Him. He can get to you. Praise God for that. I don't mean to be in your face too bad. I get wound up. That's all right, right? Amen. He came to change lives. I believe in that kind of a God. I believe in that kind of a theology, that kind of a system of God moving. Because he was sent. The Holy Spirit was sent. And Jesus said, I cannot be everywhere. I need to go to prepare a place. And if I don't get out of here, the Holy Spirit, the helper, can't help. I'm so glad to be a part of a church that loves everybody and welcomes everybody, cares about everybody. But you know who's the most welcome in this church? It's not even the new visitor, although I do anything for you. Visitors here, you, you want a glass of water, anything, we'll get it for you. You want some coffee, we'll make you some coffee. I don't care. You want a pen that says New Life? I got one left. Who wants it? I don't, it, I don't care. You're welcome, and we love you, and we're glad you're here. But there's somebody who we roll the mat out even, even in higher authority than that because it is the Holy Spirit. This is His house. And a lot of people are going to walk through these doors and walk right out. A lot of people are going to come and stay. Some people might have an experience. Some people might turn away from it. But I will tell you this. The Holy Spirit is who is most welcome. Most welcome. Because if He ain't here, we can't help you. That pen is about all I can give you. Unless the Holy Ghost is here. We know how it works. We just, we're just humble people, but, but you know, we, we're nothing special, but we know how it works. Lest the Holy Spirit be in the place. We have nothing to offer you. What are we going to do without God? We have a country club in here? No, sir. He came to change lives, to empower, to deliver, to encourage He's not here for a show. He's not here to be our cultural placeholder. Come on, somebody. Let me say that again. He's not here to be our, our, our cultural placeholder. He's not here so that we can feel like some kind of weird identity, you know, just because this is kind of our thing. He is here to work. He's here today to do the work. You know, my, my family, whenever they, um, you know, my family in Virginia, Polly's family, um, whenever they came up after we bought our fixer-upper, they came, and they, you should see a picture of all the tools they brought in their trucks. They came to work. I didn't know it was going to be that way. I thought we might have a nice dinner, um, and then maybe we'd go, you know, I was going to say hit some golf balls, but, you know, <laughs> do that. Um, something. You know, I thought maybe we'd do some work and then we'll go hang out. We'll go, go out. And, you know, nope. Th these people, Garrett, these people brought like lasagnas that were pre-frozen. 
so we didn't have to stop working. And they would just throw it in there. We, they, we didn't take off. We, we couldn't go out to eat. We didn't go do nothing. We didn't work. They came to work. They, they, we got casseroles, and we got plenty left. Um, you, we, we're here to work. He called me in there and said, you know, he said, well, we're, we're going to take this wall down. We're going to do what? He's like, yeah, you hit it first. I, and he said, he said I, I, you never tear down a, a, you know, another man's wall, <laughs> but let him hit it first so it's on him. Tore, tore, tore my walls down, built them back up, you know, installed stuff. Uh, they came to work. He came to work. When the Holy Spirit was given, it was to make a difference. It wasn't for no show. It was to deliver those who were in bondage. It was to set free those people who knew what kind of was right but could not attain to it because they were bound in their sin and their addiction. He came to step into the situation and shatter the misconception that sin and wickedness is the... Hate is not the strongest force in this world. It's not the strongest force in these communities. Love is. And the power of God's love and His Holy Spirit, He can fix anything that the enemy can break. Amen. He's in His house today to do work. And what God does in here, here let, let me do a little preaching right quick. What God does in here is only as important as what it changes out there. Now, Ride this train with me a little bit because some of you are like, well, maybe. No, listen now. If God is moving in here on the inside and it never changes our lives and we walk straight away from this situation, from this church service, and it don't change anything about how I treat my neighbor, I'm not really that impressed. I love a good service. I love whenever these altars are filled. But if we don't give up and begin to follow the work of sanctification that the Holy Spirit is, is doing in our lives, if we, if, it, if, we don't, if it don't change us and it just stirs us, I don't do no good at all. See, whatever, whatever the Holy Spirit does in here is only as important as how far it goes because he came to empower. And if we're just going to sit on that power, Michael, if a church has a move of God in, in the woods and no one hears it, it was it really a move of God? You know, have you ever heard that before? If a tree falls in the woods and no one hears it, did it really make a sound? Well, whenever God really moves, when the helper is here and he begins to change lives, it will go because it wasn't just what happened in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, but people began to hear. They begin to see miracles begin to happen. And Peter got up and began to preach his guts out. And he said, thus it was prophesied by the prophet Joel. 3,000 people were saved under the power of the Holy Spirit's drawing conviction. Whenever God moves and the helper comes, it'll actually change things. It won't just won't be a bunch of fluff. Amen. It'll be power. It'll be authority. It'll be the changing of lives. It'll be anointing that breaks the yoke. Demons flee in fear at the power that has been instilled in a blood-bought, spirit-filled believer. The power and demonstration of the New Testament church is still available today. Amen. It can still happen. It still changes lives. God wants to move in the supernatural even today. Yeah, there's this... Uh, this, this documentary about uh, Michael Jordan that's uh, 
that, that's come out. And, uh, and there, there's just like so many people's versions of who he was and, and why he was awesome or like, you know, and so you hear all these things and you're like, what was the it factor? I, I came away from that like little documentary and I was like, what was it? Because this dude said, well, he was just tenacious. He was, you know, he, he hated to lose. No, he loved to win. No, he, he was just athletic or, you know, he just, you know, he was, there's all these different things. And there, there's a couple things though that, that I picked up on. Um, he was always very, very present in the moment. They said, I've never seen anybody with the focus that he did. He was always there. Wherever he was, he was all there. And there was another one um, that he, he, he would create space. Now, some of, you, some of you ballers or former ballers know what I'm talking about. Maybe some of you others as well. Um, whenever uh, Casey, you know, Steve, you know what I'm talking about. We balled together. Um, whenever you, uh, whenever you are in a little cramped court, especially like over at Noah's, <laughs> and you're in, pass it, you're in a little cramped court. Um, one thing that you need is space to operate. You know what I mean? And sometimes, you know, you'll 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 hear somebody say, "Hey, clear the lane out a little bit. Let me go to work. I need some. I need space. I need everybody out of the way. That way, I can go one on one. That way, I can I can actually operate. That way, I can I can ball a little bit, right?" He would, he, would do, he would create space, and it would just be him. And there would be not you know, nine other things, you know, nine other people in the lane. It would be him and, and, and then the thing. And I thought about that. The Holy Spirit wants to work in you. You need to create some space for him to do the work. I thought about that, and it hit me. I don't know if maybe it maybe not hit you like it hit me. But uh, we fill ourselves and our souls, our spirits up with a lot of stuff, don't we? A lot of stress, a lot of fear, a lot of, a lot, a lot of things, a lot, a lot of hope, you know, a lot of focus on the things of this world, concerns. And sometimes it's so cramped, Austin, in me that I don't operate the way that I need to operate. And when we begin to pray and begin to give more and more of ourselves over to God. We begin to, we begin to focus on Him, start to clear out some of the things in our hearts and lives, in our, our busy minds. That is one of the first steps for miracles to begin to happen in your life. Because the Holy Spirit needs some space to operate. We can't have our mind on all the things of the world and still begin to focus on the kingdom. He needs space to operate. That's what fasting does. And I was reminded of that when my friend told me about that because I was like, yeah, it was wild. And I had kind of forgotten in the moment that what had created the space. I began to get serious with God in my own life. And, and I didn't go there with any expectation for God to do uh, anything more than what he wanted to do. I didn't have like this thing built up in my mind. I just wanted to serve God. I began to fast. I began to pray and seek God. And God, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit's like, there's a lot of space to work. And next thing you know, uh, I cast out demons. I had laid my hands on people and seen, uh, the, the, seen things change in the super, like what we believe can. And it wasn't me because I wasn't, uh, there was a better preacher than me who was on the docket. I was supposed to do like five minutes. It wasn't about a person. It was just about a humility. It was about the fact that we understood that we just need to create space for the Holy Ghost to work in us. And if he will begin to do that, then I can get out of the way. If you create space, it doesn't matter what your exterior talents or abilities are, how good you can talk. None of that matters at all. What matters is how much space he's got inside you to do the things that he can do. He don't care how good you preach. He don't care how good you sing. He don't care how much money you have. He cares about how much of you he has. That's what he needs. Just a little elbow room, a little space to work, and miracles can happen.
I have seen it. It needs a little space to work. I remember just a few years ago going into a hospital room of this young girl. She was probably 12 or 13 at the time down in Dayton. And she had gotten staph infection. And before they figured out what it was, it had gone all throughout her body. They had her on, on you know, liquid you know, antibiotic IV doing everything that they could. But her, her, her internal organs were shutting down. And they had given her just hours to live. They had brought the whole family and all the, the aunts and uncles and cousins. They was all wearing the T-shirts that had her name and face on it. But, but the doctor said, you need to come in and say your goodbyes because her, her organs are shutting down. Um, we're pumping as much antibiotics as we can, but the staph infection has um, taken over her. Uh, you know, and, and, and this is it. And you were with me. And that's exactly what it was. That's exactly what they said, wasn't it? It was over. She was septic, and they had just given her hours to live. And I went in there. That's too big for me, right? What am I going to do? What are you going to do? But then people didn't ask for a doctor. They had doctors. Had a, had a whole you know, room full of them down at Children's. They had nurses. My sister's a, a, a nurse there at Children's. They had that. They didn't ask for a priest to say the last rites. But they did ask for a simple nobody preacher from Springfield, Ohio, who had a hold of the Holy Ghost. Nobody knows my name outside of our you know, group, and that's fine. Because it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about what the Holy Ghost can do. They, 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 didn't, they, didn't want, they, they didn't want a real good preacher, fortunately. Maybe they called and they couldn't get one. <laughs> Amen. Oh, lighten up. They, they didn't call for somebody with a lot of money. They called for somebody who had the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, somebody who could believe in faith. And I went in there, and, I, and I, we saw that little girl laying there dying. And I asked everybody to leave the room. And I got on my hands and knees and halfway on my face before the Lord. And I reached up the foot of the bed and grabbed her little foot. And I didn't let go until I felt something shift in the Holy Spirit. And she'll graduate next year. And it's not because I prayed some fancy prayer that we don't, you know, only the preachers have in the back. <laughs> it's not because... Any power or authority that's vested in my person is the Holy Spirit. He came to work. Amen. And he just needed enough space. And I cleared everybody out of that room. And I just held on to that little cold foot until God moved. And the same spirit, the same authority, the same power was sent to work in each and every one of you. I don't care what you've heard preached. Ain't no preacher has a monopoly on the Holy Ghost. That's a lie from hell. And it's a manipulation from top. The same spirit strives and asks and is present to dwell in you. 
miracles can happen. When you believe, when you have faith, and whenever you create this space for faith in your own heart. That's my Holy Ghost Pentecostal message. I don't know if you expected me to swing from the chandeliers that we already done took out. That wasn't an option. I don't know what, what else to do, you know, to yell and scream, throw my leg over the pulpit like some do. That's, that's not my vibe. <laughs> it's not my jam. You know, I, I get excited. I get, you know, especially when I talk about my Jesus, right? I start to, I start to freak visitors out a little bit. You'll be all right. I love God. I love the Lord. And he loves you. So let me leave you with this, church. Pentecost wasn't about what happened in the upper room. It's more about all the things that have happened since. That was when it fell. That was the empowering. That was the endowment of power and authority. He came to work. He didn't came to show off. As a matter of fact, you know, it, prophetically, um, the, the Word of God says that he came not to speak of himself. Right? So he, he he's actually wants to be a low-key, you know, he wants to be like, a, what do they call him basketball? A role player a little bit because he's here to draw people to the blood of Jesus Christ, to the cross, to the empty tomb, the resurrection power. That's what he's actually about. His main deal, what the Holy Spirit, his main deal is to draw men and to make Jesus known and to facilitate the work of salvation. So on Pentecost Sunday, I challenge you to remember what God sent the helper for. He came to work. He came to work in you and in me. So let's be about it. Amen.